0: That's so braven! If you don't listen to this podcast, do you know what happens? You get... IT! Okay. I feel good about that. (laughs) This is Benjamin Raven from That's So Braven, a Court of Nerds podcast, and at the end of the month, it is August, we are heading to StarCast, an all-in weekend in Chicago. StarCast will be streamed live on Fight TV... Which is unbelievable. The Court of Nerds and That's So Braven will be on pay-per-view and at the biggest independent wrestling event of all time. And you can come with us. If you are interested in sponsoring us, we can work something out, whether it is video, social media, on the website, podcast reads, whatever you want, we'll work it out. Just send us an email at courtofnerdspodcast at gmail.com and you can be all in too. What's going on, everyone? It's Benjamin Raven, and you are listening to That's So Braven, a Court of Nerd's podcast. And I'm here in studio with Drew. Drew. Hey,
1: what's up? Welcome ah. to That's So Braven, the podcast that just ends. Yes, that's right. Just it just ends. Uh, Wrestlecation, man. By the way, phenomenal.
0: phenomenal we had a blast. Work. With
1: that. You bunch of knuckleheads. I want in on that next time. Uh, that sounds like so much fun. If you guys have not caught up on that, uh, Ben gave a wrestling education primer. To some of our non-wrestling friends in Sledge and Stacy, and to a certain extent, that little bitch Austin. Um, what? What? We? Uh, what? Right, he's got real heat. He's got real heat. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. He's got real heat. Austin, if you're listening to this, you got real heat. You, got, you better come defend yourself later this week.
0: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Check that one out at thecourtofnerds.com. iTunes. Leave us a rate, review, and subscribe. Help us out. Uh, we want to bring more things like that to you guys and not just the standard That's Old so Braven Podcast. That was a blast. Absolutely check that out. We just cracked the surface on that one. It's, uh, that's an evergreen podcast, so don't worry about missing that one live. And uh, we are brought to you by Tardy's Collector Corner in Grand Rapids Comic Con. Get those tickets at grcomiccon.com.
1: And don't forget, Tardy's just got back from San Diego Comic Con. They've got a bunch of exclusive figures, and I was told this was the year of the fanny pack.
0: Ooh, nice. So loot. If, on you loot. Need a, if
1: you need a fanny pack... <laughs> loot, loot, loot! Go and see our good friends at Tardy's Collectors Corner. We love them very, very much. Yeah. Even though we're technically dead to them because we skipped food trucks. Yeah, it was sorry. twenty. Yeah,
0: sorry, it was twenty minutes away. But uh, the court of nerds and our wrestling crew here at That's So Braven of uh, myself, Drew, and John, we will be at Starcast in Chicago in twenty-six days, eight hours, nineteen minutes, and zero seconds. Jeez.
1: But you got a MySpace counter going on that shit?
0: Fight TV's got one. Oh, uh, my God. Through midnight, August 10th, you can get the StarCast weekend pass for $79.99. $20 off, basically. $40 off, basically. Right, because you get
1: a $20 Fight TV credit when you buy it. Uh, Super cool deal. We'll have more on StarCast coming up later on in this podcast. Some of our expectations, some of the things we know that we can share with you guys. We'll also talk about the upcoming matches that have been announced for All In, how we're feeling about that. Um, but Ben, you wanted to start in the WWE of all places.
0: Yeah, <laughs> why not? Why not? Just because it's Summer Slam season. It's Summer Slam season and we've got some big news. We've got Brock Lesnar reading, reading generic farming magazines on Raw. Best we, memes, by the, the way. The best, best
1: memes have been generated out of that. Everyone with the uh, big anime boobies ones to the Nintendo yeah. Power Photoshop's. To the Al Gore
0: book. That one was awesome.
1: Uh, lots of people having a lot of fun with Brock healing Good. upon healing upon healing and doing some solid work at that.
0: Yeah, attacked Kurt Angle, choked uh, Brock Lesnar a little bit. I mean, uh, Paul Heyman a little bit, excuse me. So yeah, that's interesting. There's some interesting stuff going on. At least stuff is happening with Brock. That's exciting. But as we were just talking about before we hit record here, he's being written off of TV and it that feels pretty certain right
1: i mean vince played his favorite card which is get someone over by letting them use a swear on television yeah ha ha pg era suck this dick yeah um because roman got to say bitch
0: he loves to say bitch he
1: does it's his
0: go-to it is
1: and you know what fine by me whatever worked
0: yeah no and uh I mean, hate,
1: hate, hate Roman all you want, hate this booking, hate this writing, hate this storyline, mm-hmm. hate it all you want. If the end game was to get Roman Reigns over, you have at least started now. You have at least started. You uh, had yeah. a crowd organically chanting, we want Roman.
0: In his home state.
1: Again, got, got it got to fair.
0: Yeah. In well, his home state. I just want, I'm just I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying that's let's pay attention it's, on it's Monday. It's a
1: factor. It's a factor. You it have is. to be intelligent enough to know that this is a factor that they did this in Miami for a reason. Yeah. You had smart four scheduled Brock Lesnar appearances left and you burned one. Having him sit in the locker room and be a douche to his only friend left.
0: Advocate only. They are not friends. Right,
1: right. And he established that. He established (laughs) that. Listen, they did. And again, I love people who can't separate their feelings from the story. Yep. Because they're telling a story. Regardless of your feelings, Big Daddy Vince has a story he wants to tell. Yep. And they don't care how much you hate that one of Brock's last appearances possibly with WWE was sitting in the locker room establishing that he is not just a bad guy, he's the worst guy. Yeah. He's not just, you know, again, an in-ring heel is
0: different. Yeah, he's a shitty person. He's just a bad man. Kayfabe. I mean, I don't know the man personally. I, yeah, I really. know
1: nothing about Brock. I have not heard positive things. I can say that.
0: I know he likes to live in... South Dakota or some shit by himself with Sable. so Him
1: and, him and Flip Gordon can go hang out in Montana. <laughs> Shout-outs, Flip Gordon.
0: But, yeah, it's Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. And let me just – I don't feel like this is a hot take. I just feel like we're being – I don't think that we'll ever get a conclusion to Roman and Brock because I think that they always like that they can come back to this because it does have big fight of feel. I think whoever comes out of that Kevin owens Braun Strowman match for the Money in the Bank briefcase is cashing in and will be the universal champion, whether it's Braun or Kevin Owens. I firmly believe that. Really? I firm, If Kevin Owens wins it, I think he'll be the universal champion well, at the end of the night. Let's go over a couple of variables. But here. I think Braun will be the universal champion. Let's go over a couple of variables here.
1: I still think there's a small chance Bobby Lashley gets added to this main event Hmm. if Bobby Lashley is not going up against Elias on the SummerSlam
0: kickoff show. Mm -hmm. Because right
1: now it feels like that's what's happening,
0: right? I agree with that. And uh, you know what? And I like Bobby Lashley in the ring. He's a talented guy. He's a talented guy. He's athletic. He looks like a million bucks. But Edge, Adam Copeland, Edge nailed it. Nailed it with a criticism on uh, his ENC's pot of awesomeness with Christian this week when he said, and I quote, I think for me, I don't want to say the knack on Bobby is that I've never really, I don't buy that he can be mean. Like when he sets up for anything, I don't believe it. I look at him and I go, wow. But then I look at his face and I don't buy it. Is Uh, that not perfect?
1: That's exactly accurate, and that's what ruined his feud with Sami Zayn. Yes. Sami Zayn, listen, for some reason is serving or has been serving as the Cassius Ono of the main roster. You come to the main roster, you have a feud with Sami, he gets you over, and you move on to bigger
0: things. It's the, it's the crutch of the safe, established, talented worker. Who's great on the mic. He's great on the mic and great at selling.
1: But what Sammy being great on the mic really illustrated is how bad Bobby is right now on the mic.
0: If uh, anybody needs Paul Heyman, it's Bobby Lashley.
1: I don't know if I fully agree with that, though. Unless you're turning Lashley into just a destruction machine. I,
0: the less he talks and the more he beats people up, the better.
1: Right, he doesn't need a motivation. His motivation is just, I'm the baddest man in this room. My muscles have muscles on top of them. When I flex,
0: women pass out. Like, I like him in the ring. I will be remiss in saying when he was in TNA slash Impact in the last couple of years he was there there, I liked him as a heel character, kind of with this stable on and off, and I think there's more there. And I I, 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 I I, say all of this based off of you saying he might get added to that match with Roman and Brock, but... uh. I don't know. I think they might be putting Lashley on that pre-show or early on the card just to kind of trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do with him. Because they don't want to mess it up. They don't want to get him too far lost before they completely lose him again. So I think that they might take a casual, conservative approach to him at SummerSlam. I personally don't see him being added, but you might be right. Who the hell knows?
1: Right, who knows what they're going to end up doing. Daddy Vince is a mercurial motherfucker. Um, sorry, can I swear on this podcast? Oh, yeah. I swear on all of them. So. Shit, balls. Right? <laughs> um, but that being said, Brock is now down to three contractual appearances, as far as we know, hmm. left with the WWE. The current dirt sheet reports are telling us Brock will appear on the Go Home Raw before SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. He will appear at SummerSlam, and he will appear on the Raw after SummerSlam, and that will be his final Current, contractual, WWE appearance.
0: Does that not make you think that maybe there's a sliver of chance he retains that damn title?
1: And what, that they let him walk off with it like they didn't let Punk do? No. I don't not know. a chance in hell. I,
0: I, I, with him having a date left after SummerSlam, that tells me that Vince thinks he can work something out with him.
1: Here's what I think the date left after SummerSlam is for, just personally. It is to close the book. Vince knows his audience wants the end of the story, right? I want the end of this story.
0: I don't want the end of Brock Lesnar.
1: No, no, but it's the end of this chapter of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And I think it's the end of Heyman and Lesnar. And I think on that Monday night, whoever Heyman's new client is, is going to come out and get to beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar to go over. Brock's going to go out like every talent has to go out. You go out on your back. And I think Vince might make him do it two nights in a row. You go out, listen, you want to go play UFC and have a fight where Daniel Cormier is going to beat your bitch ass.
0: Brock's going to win that fight.
1: Brock is going to get murdered. Nah. Dude, I I am telling you this right now (laughs) because I know you are not the biggest MMA guy. I watch MMA. I know you watch. But I think people sleep on Daniel Cormier because he looks like a barbecue
0: dad. I sleep on him because I've seen his last main event fights and they were boring shit shows where he got his ass rocked. Besides that last one. yeah,
1: I was going to say, the only guy he's gotten his ass rocked by is a guy who's been juiced as hell. That's the one that stuck with me. I I understand that. I understand that because an ass whooping (laughs) sticks with you
0: and I get that. He's also a douche, so I just naturally don't like Cormier? him. Cormier?
1: Oh, See, I don't think you know enough about the guy.
0: I follow him on social media, and he's a douche to wrestling fans.
1: That's also true, but that's because he wants to eventually be a wrestler. He wants to be a heel in the WWE. I haven't
0: seen enough on Daniel Cormier. These are my on-the-surface Okay, no, takes. and I get that. I get that. I'm I, very honest in that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I had Listen, for the record, I initially had the same read on the guy that you did. Okay. And I was told to do a little more digging, and I found that, you know what? This is a guy who's a fan of WWE. He's a fan of wrestling, just like you and I are. If he's playing up on Twitter, he knows what he's doing.
0: You're right. I'm being a mark.
1: I, but that means he's doing it well and yeah. that when he's ready to come over, he'll work. You're I mean, his right. His cardio is yeah. insane.
0: You're right. The only freaking fights I've seen from him are the Silva and John Jones fights. Yeah. Dude, yeah. watch
1: more of his stuff. He is, you know what he is? And this yeah. will piss you off. He's a safe worker.
0: Okay. He's okay. A sa-
1: Listen, he knows what he's doing. He knows how he's doing it, <laughs> and he's going to end up in the WWE. You're probably right. Working, and you know he's going to work with. Mm-hmm. He's going to work with Seth Rollins because they can do a true 60 minute Iron Man match. True. Cormier's conditioning is ridiculous.
0: You're right. I've seen like 10 tweets from the guys, and I'm like, "Fuck this guy." <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, I'll admittedly say that's a very on the surface taken Cormier. I don't know. I just... uh, I I support Brock Lesnar. I think he's a freak of nature, and I always kind of like... Even in MMA, I'm like, he's a freak of nature.
1: You know what Brock Lesnar is? Huh? Brock Lesnar is the reason you got into wrestling. He looks like something that shouldn't exist. When you and I talked about this, you said you got into wrestling because those guys looked like superheroes alive on the screen, right? Yeah. Brock Lesnar looks like a superhero, man. Mm -hmm. He's yoked as fuck. Yeah. But he also can't stay off the juice He's calling now
0: was that no nothing we're going to keep talking here for a second we might have a special guest oh. joining us pretty shortly here you guys might recognize him
1: a surprise guest possibly on that so brave <laughs> here we go let's uh, let's bring him in right now here we go hello
2: hey man it's Conrad. what's going on
1: Hey, Conrad Thompson, he of something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, 83 weeks, uh, and every other wrestling podcast you can think of. Conrad, man, appreciate the phone call, brother.
2: Hey, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, letting me come on, talk a little wrestling with you.
1: Yeah, 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 Uh, of course you're here. Uh, It's Drew, you and I have spoken before. It's good to talk to you again. Uh, Ben is actually with me this time, the host of That's
0: So (laughs) Braven. What's going on, Conrad? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, so, man, we are so happy that you have some time for us today, and uh, we've got a whole list of things we want to chat with you about if you've got a uh, few minutes for us.
2: Absolutely. Happy to.
1: Well, first of all, we want to start with a big congratulations to you. StarCast being on Fight TV. That's new since you and I last talked. Of course, the pre-sale going on until August 10th. 79 bucks, which includes a $20 Fight T V credit. Conrad, how did this come to be, my friend?
2: Well, you know, it's kind of funny. I uh I met Jeff Jarrett last year at our Orlando show. Bruce and I did our very first show WrestleMania weekend last year, and uh, Jeff Jarrett came on and helped us close the show and sing that silly song that you know Bruce enjoys so much. Spend my days and spend my we, uh, days. The relationship. And then before you know it, um Jeff wound up getting a gig with fight and once we sold out of uh tickets, they said hey man what about putting this on fight and so we started a conversation and ta-da here we are so tickets are sold out you can't actually join us to see these 20 plus stage shows live over labor day weekend in chicago but you can save a whole bunch of money on airfare and hotel and food and all your other expenses and just watch from the comfort of your living room, both live and on demand, more than 20 shows, over 40 hours of content, a little bit of everything behind the themes with Jim Johnson, the roast of Bruce Pritchard, an NWO reunion, an empty arena retrospective, tons of stuff, one low price, seventy nine ninety nine. dollars even get a $20 fight credit, but order before midnight on August 10th, because then the price goes back up to 99 bucks.
0: Yeah, what a deal on that, and we're, I mean, we're just so happy to be a part of StarCast, and we're looking forward to so many events, and just announcements in the last couple of weeks, I am so pumped up for the remembering Andy Kaufman thing with Jerry Lawler and company, and just why it ended with Robbie Eve, and I mean, there are so many sleepers top to bottom on StarCast, just what else do you want to accomplish with this show? I was going to say,
1: what's left on the to-do list, Conrad?
2: Well, you know, with all the little details now, you know, the lighting and, you know, the making sure we have enough microphones there, because even though we have plenty of mics, the batteries are going to go dead. So we've got to have backups and those little details, worrying about stanchions and how the lines are going to flow and things like that from the live experience. But I think really at this point, you know, we've, we've sort of set the stage. We've got a good itinerary. It's jam-packed. We've got two stages with shows going on at all times. And we do have one more big announcement. We've just teased so far that we're going to do a screening, but we haven't really disclosed what, but it is going to be something that everyone in wrestling is going to be talking about. So look for those details in the next week of show.
0: Awesome. And make sure to follow StarCast on Twitter at StarCast with two R's, 18 for all the updates. The social media team over there, those guys are awesome.
1: That's right. The social media guy has been kicking all sorts of butt. I've heard nothing but positive things about everyone who's had interactions with the StarCast team, including... Yours truly speaking here. And Conrad, I mean, you guys just keep adding to what's already a killer event. You just, uh, and I want to say this was recent, you guys added the free to the public breakfast with busted open radio at the podcast movement pop-up recording studio. That's going to be Friday of StarCast weekend. How'd you get the busted open guys involved? I mean, Bully Ray, that's kind of a great late in the game grab.
2: It really is. You know, it's not really that late. We lined it up way, way early. We were just waiting for the right Mm -hmm. time. You sneaky,
1: Uh, sneaky man,
2: our you know, everybody sort of wanted to know what it was and busted open. Those guys go where the big shows are, whether it's WrestleMania or SummerSlam or Royal Rumble, they want to have a big presence there. Well, really, I mean, this is the biggest non WWE event in 20 years. So they wanted to be there. And this felt like a natural opportunity. So I'm friendly with those guys. And they reached out as soon as we made the announcement and said, what if? And, of course, I rolled out the red carpet, man. I listen to that show every day. And I'm excited that they're going to be there. And uh, it's free to the public. We're doing it in the lobby of the hotel, the Hyatt Regency in Schomburg. So even if you maybe missed an opportunity to get a ticket to come to the live show, you can still see tons of meet and greets. There's, believe it or not, a handful of tickets to still meet Ray Mysterio, Arn Anderson. Superstars like that, and I've got a couple more in my back pocket. I'm holding roll. I'm hoping to roll out. You can still meet all of those guys with a weekend pass, which is just forty nine dollars for four days, and that's going to include a lot of fun, interactive experiences that I can't spill the beans on yet. But bust it open, man! That should be great. It's going to be a who's who. Of course, I imagine a lot of the guys from All In are going to want to come over and talk about the show at the very last minute, one last final push for that show. So I think that will be a star studded busted open to say the
0: least. No, that's gonna be awesome. And just another event that we're super looking forward to. And speaking of Rey Mysterio, the all in actual show, with Starcast being so awesome and loaded, I kind of forget about the all in show at sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> just like, man, I just keep thinking about Starcast, 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 and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's that monumental wrestling show that has a WrestleMania feel to it and Rey Mysterio, Phoenix and Bandito versus the golden elite of the Young Bucks and Kota Ibushi, Joey Janela with Penelope Ford versus Hangman Page, Okada versus Marty Skrull, and Nick Aldis for Cody Rhodes for unbelievable 10 pounds of gold to NW World Heavyweight Championship back on the like mainstream stage. I feel comfortable saying mainstream stage. That's unbelievable. What out of those four matches are you most looking forward to as Conrad the wrestling fan? Cody and
2: Nick Aldis. You know, I'm an old school fan. I grew up you know, as a, as a huge wrestling fan and I always sort of lean on what I grew up on and the idea that there's an opportunity for there to be a Rhodes win an NWA world title. And I get to be there is just awesome. I mean, it's something that we never really thought we'd get an opportunity to see again, but Billy has helped try to bring the NWA back to prominence. And obviously Cody has become maybe the success story of life after WWE. So it's just really, really exciting to see, and I'm hoping we get to see history made, man. I think he would be the first-ever second-generation NWA world champion if I have that right.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, Conrad, to speak to that, you're clearly such a big fan of the NWA world title. You were actually at the Ring of Honor show where the NWA world title was on the line with Flip Gordon and Nick Aldis. What was that experience like for you? I mean, shaking hands with Bernard the Business Bear on live ROH TV.
2: Yeah, that was all a happy accident, man, you know. (laughs) Cody suggested that I come down and meet some of the guys that I hadn't met before or prior to Starcast. I thought that sounded like fun. Nashville's only a couple hours for me, so when they announced the NWA World Title match, I'm like, Well, this is two hours away, I'm not missing this. So I went and had an opportunity to meet everybody and before you know it, T K stuck his nose in my business and mm-hmm. Bernard the business bear and Cody Rhodes came to defend me. So that was pretty cool. <laughs>
0: Uh, It's so awesome, and uh, you and I are alike. Uh, I'm very excited to see the NWA World Heavyweight title defended with a freaking Rhodes' son. Dusty Rhodes' son is fighting for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, and we get to be there. Like, that's unbelievable. I'm super excited for
2: that. It's just cool that the NWA has a title match that everyone's talking about because that hasn't been the case for so long. You know, there was there was a time where the NWA almost went dark. Of course, they didn't really, but you just didn't hear about it. And now, you know, it's what everybody's talking about. Mission accomplished to those guys. I mean, it couldn't have happened without Billy and, and certainly Dave Lagana, all the work he's put in, you know, with these videos that, you know, they don't need a television property. I don't think that, I mean, I know everybody still thinks that being on TV is the holy grail, but clearly all in has proven you don't have to. I'm not saying those guys aren't TV stars, but they did that through pushing, Being the Elite on YouTube. I mean, they did all of this through social media and YouTube. And so I'm excited that the NWA is sort of following that same path.
1: Conrad, on that note, how much of a kinship do you feel with Cody and the Bucks, with the Being the Elite crew? Because, I mean, something to wrestle with took much the same path, this internet thing that just caught on fire I mean, how much do you guys talk about that? How much of a discussion is it between you guys of, yeah, we all kind of grew what we're doing the same way?
2: Well, I mean, I don't think those guys are huge podcast listeners. I mean, I know Marty listens to the Bruce show, uh, and I think the Bucks listen to the Eric Bischoff show of all shows. But, like, I don't think <laughs> Cody is like a big podcast listener. But I do I do think that he respects that every time he turns around, somebody's talking about it. Because, I, you know, I was one of the first podcast hosts that, got to interview Cody right after he left the WWE when I was doing the Ric Flair show. Mm-hmm. So I became familiar with Cody there, and obviously, uh, you know, his family is pretty tight with my in-laws, so there's been opportunities for us to, you know, be around, but at the same time, we, we haven't sat down and said, oh, man, how cool is this? Uh, we're, we're too busy uh, trying to get past this weekend. I mean, Obviously, we want this weekend to be a huge success and everybody have the time of their life, but... In the end, that's a lot of pressure on us to not just meet, but try to exceed expectations. So we're working on it.
1: Now, one of the guys, Conrad, that I have seen you commiserating with a little bit on Twitter is one of StarCast's, to, in my mind, headline guests. That's Ron Funches, the yes. Ron Con Take Japan. What's your relationship with Ron like, or is it just a
2: he's a guest who you're looking forward to seeing a bit more of? You know, Ron has been listening to the Bruce Pritchard podcast almost, uh, I would say, since the beginning, and he was one of the first sort of mainstream celebrities who really put us over, and I'll never forget, he sent some sort of tweet that said, it's weird how everybody in comedy is talking about the Kendrick Lamar album and Bruce Pritchard." and I thought that's the coolest thing ever, (laughs) so uh, he followed me on Twitter, and I followed him, and he had a tour coming up, and we just plugged it just uh, because we appreciated the love that he did, and Uh, We just became fast friends, mostly internet friends. We've only met each other, I think, twice. Uh, But when I was in LA last year doing the show, he happened to be doing a set out there and invited Bruce and I to be his guest. And he rolled out the red carpet for us, man. He's a funny dude. And we've just become really good social media friends, which I guess is not all that uncommon now in 2018. And we're going to get to spend some time together in Chicago. And then this past week he joked about wanting to go to wrestle kingdom and i have wanted to go to japan for wrestling since 1997 but that's not the easiest thing in the world to sell you know if you try to tell your person hey let's take a vacation to japan <laughs> okay cool what are we going to do watch wrestling
0: <laughs> well, oh man i was going to say because but, yeah <laughs> sorry yeah. So Rod's in, so i'm in and we're going to make it happen man we've
2: already looked at hotels so it's, it's definitely going to happen
1: I would stream that on Fight TV. I'm just putting that out there. I, I, would, I would stream that on Fight TV. Ben, you had something you wanted to bring up. Yeah,
0: No, Ron's one of the funniest people on the planet, so that makes me so happy to see like worlds colliding like that. Uh, we've been big fans of his. But, yeah, I was just going to say, your, your life, I mean, something else to wrestle in StarCast felt like it happened for you at the same exact time. Like, on a personal level, how the hell are you balancing? Because between something to wrestle, 83 weeks, what happened when? The side jobs, Live shows. Live shows. By the way, I heard
1: you're still a mortgage guy. I mean, (laughs) it's a good question, man. Conrad, how do you find the time?
2: That's a great question. It is the biggest challenge in my life for sure. I have to schedule everything, and I have everything through the end of the year and even into January already scheduled and laid out. Uh, But for the most part, I tape all the podcasts on Sundays, and I'll tape Bruce during the week. So, Bruce, I used to tape on Thursday nights. Now I try to tape on Monday or Tuesday nights, but everybody else I tape on Sunday. Even when we had the television show with WWE Network, we would wake up and do it first thing Sunday morning. I would take an hour break and then I would go do Tony I would take another hour break and then I would do Eric Bischoff and, and I was done. So I would just cram all of it yeah. into one day. And so uh, we had the silly idea to start a Patreon a couple of months back for the shows. And those have been hugely successful and we appreciate the support. But we're promising bonus content, and literally the only way I can do that is to do a back-to-back-to-back. Back. So there was a day last week where I taped seven podcasts in a single day, and that was the longest day in the history of my podcasting career. If you can even call what I do a career.
0: Oh, I think we can totally call what you do a career. But, yeah, for the, those fans of Something to Wrestle, 83 Weeks and What Happened When, you can find the Patreon information on their Twitter handles, at Show. drop the T, there's no T in his last name, at eighty three weeks and at WHW Monday, recent shows were awesome. Uh, I stayed up till three a.m. watching SummerSlam ninety seven last night in preparation to listen to something to wrestle on my drive back to Detroit today. So that's where I'm at. And uh, eighty three weeks covered the July 26-96 Nitro this past week, and that's uh, the Ray Mysterio Lawn Dart one, and that's a uh, like one of my like first cognitive wrestling memories. So as we're talking about
1: eighty three weeks and Bruce Pritchard at the same time here. I mean, Conrad, how heated are things going to get at Starcast between Eric and Bruce?
2: You know, they are friends, <laughs> but you know, Eric digs his heels in and feels like, you know, um, he's sort of been wronged by the WWE narrative of the way things went, and so, you know, depending how much alcohol has been consumed, it could be interesting. <laughs> Well, we're going to have
1: knocking point wines out there at StarCast, so there'll be plenty of uh, alcohol to be consumed. And, and I guess on that note, Stephen Amell being a part of StarCast and doing a live podcast with Macaulay Culkin. Conrad, did you ever think this is something that you would be booking and something that you couldn't look at and say, who came up with this bullshit?
2: Well, you know, it's fun because we were trying to come up with you know a full schedule of something for everyone. And... You know i was trying to be fairly creative and reach and then right in the middle of all that i saw macaulay culkin post something saying he wanted to be all in so i couldn't help myself and messaged him saying hey you want to do something uh starcast it is based on podcasts you do have a podcast and i jumped at the chance so we're excited to have mac and matt over and they're actually going to do two things they've got a little video game not a video game, but a uh, like trivia game they like to do called Clockwalkers. So they're going to do that, which will be a fun, interactive experience with fans. And then they've also got you know the regular Bunny Ears pod, and Cody Rhodes is going to be joining them as their guest. Uh, Stephen Amell's going to be roaming around. I-, I imagine you'd be able to catch him at the weigh-ins, and there's probably some other folks that people don't think are coming that'll show up for the weigh-ins. And uh, it-, it it surprised me, the number of people who were in that comic book superhero world who are low-key dming me asking for tickets so it should be an interesting who's who for those way in
0: yeah that, i mean that just makes Starcast. i mean it, this is an event for everyone like Stephen amell is a, as mainstream as a star as you get i mean he brought a network back to life and to new heights by himself i mean the arrow show and just bringing him macaulay culkin just i mean there's a little bit of everything here it's just absolutely crazy and we we still don't know all the details for Stephen Amell's weekend here, and that's extremely exciting. We are 26 days and seven hours and 50 minutes from Starcast, and there still feels like so much stuff to be announced. Like it's just so exciting for All In and Starcast weekend.
2: Yeah, man. And what, what's exciting to me is the way All In continues to grow. You know, they haven't announced the broadcast details, but a little birdie would tell me that maybe those are coming sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. And once we get those, I think people are going to be really excited about all the extra stuff, I think just in the last day or so, it's been announced that Flip Gordon is doing a tailgate right outside of Sears Center. So if for whatever reason, you know, you weren't able to snag a ticket to some of the stuff at StarCast, you could still go party uh, over in Hoffman Estates right outside of Sears Center and do a little tailgate with Flip because he is, quote, all out. Uh, And then they're opening the doors at 3 o'clock. I mean, this is a super show, and it's a fun weekend because most folks have Monday off. Right. Because it's Labor Day weekend. Well, this show isn't a Sunday. It's a Saturday. So you've got an opportunity to come into the city and do whatever you want for several days and still have plenty of time to get back.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, we're we're super thrilled to be a part of it. We're super thrilled to be out there with you. Can we can we talk as like because you and I, man, we both are uh, in sales to a certain extent. How brilliant is the Flip Gordon all-out party? It might be the single smartest piece of marketing I have seen
2: in years. Yeah, I loved it. It was funny. As soon as it was announced, I, I took a screenshot and sent it to Cody with just a clapping emoji because it was like, well done, kind of thing. <laughs> and, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's not a gimmick to Cody. You know, he, he doesn't want Flip on the show. So if Flip wants to do something in the parking lot, I guess that's within his ranks.
1: And I loved him at making sure that Cody knows you have no jurisdiction over the parking lot. You can't tell me what to do, which is funny because that's the whole attitude that got all in started is Cody saying you can't tell me what I can and cannot do. I mean, how much of this has been fun, I guess, to just for you to watch and see, wow, these guys have proved all the doubters wrong along the way.
2: Well, what I'm really hoping is I'm really hoping that Dave Meltzer comes on the stage at the press conference and hands Cody his dollar. I mean, that that needs to happen. That's the photo op that everybody wants. because, (laughs) And I think a lot of people maybe have sort of glossed over that fact. But the idea was someone asked Dave on Twitter, what's the likelihood that, you know, someone could draw 10,000 seats in the United States? Uh, He may or may not have asked specifically about Ring of Honor. And... he said, Dave Meltzer said, not likely, not anytime soon. And that's where this all came from. Cody saw that and said, want to bet. And now here we are. I mean, a lot of people thought they would do well. Some people thought they would sell out. I don't think anybody thought they'd sell out in under a half hour.
0: Yeah, and I'd I'd completely agree with that. And I just love that we can trace all of this back to Uh, Dave Meltzer tweet with all things considered and that kind of brings me around to one thing I wanted to ask about while we were talking about Bruce and Eric being friends how mean is Eric going to be on that death of WCW panel
2: (laughs) again I go back to the alcohol consumption you know if 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 he's enjoying himself then people are going to get ethered and if he's not then you know he'll use big words with 19 syllables and people will think he's smart and we'll roll tide (laughs) I love Eric. I think Eric is um the the godfather of all the success that wrestling is enjoying right now. I mean, Vince McMahon obviously was responsible for the boom in the 80s, but really it was Eric Bischoff who helped take it to another level in the 90s. And, and a lot of his innovations are still there, but because he's not in wrestling anymore and because, you know, his last name's not McMahon, he just doesn't get the credit, and I think that is, you know, a bit of a shame. So I'm hoping that um We get to see the best of Eric, but it could be something that R.D. Reynolds has been planning for a long time. I mean, this guy's had a ton of time to compile all of his notes and prepare. Yeah. And this is his big time to shine. So, although it's not really Eric versus R.D., that is the way it's going to feel (laughs) that day. And I hope that R.D. is ready because Eric is going to be ready. Mm-hmm.
1: Conrad, would you say it's one of your goals with 83 Weeks to kind of establish that credibility that, I guess, the, the credence that Eric Bischoff really deserves for his role in wrestling's rise to prominence? Is that one of the goals at the end of 83
2: Weeks? You know, what's funny is uh, a very good friend of mine, one that you would recognize, but they probably don't want me to say their name, has said, you know, Conrad, the the low-key thing you've been able to do here with the podcast is rehab people's images. And I said, what do you mean? And they said, well, you know, Flair was sort of uh, not being talked about the way he was, and, you know, it was sort of, he was out of the spotlight, and then he was back in after the TMZ Halle Berry thing, and I'm like, well, I don't want credit for that, And and Flair was a star a long time before, blah, blah, blah. But they continued down that path of, well, Bruce was done with wrestling and the M.O. on Bruce was that he was a stooge and everybody hated him and nobody could even spell his name. And now he's like over like Rover. And then Tony Schiavone had, you know, sort of been framed as this bitter, hateful, you know, he hated wrestling and he wasn't good at his job and he was awful and he was butts and seats and blah, blah, blah. And now he's back in wrestling and everybody loves him. And if you can do that for Eric, and I was like, I don't understand what that means. Like that's not, been Eric's experience, but their point was people forgot that he was more than just a WWE television character and what his real innovation was. So when we first had that conversation, I thought, you know what, maybe instead of calling it the Eric Bischoff show, we should call it something that sort of lets everybody know who he is and what he did. And I thought that the name 83 weeks really told that story. Now, some people misinterpret the name of the podcast, 83 weeks to mean there's going to be 83 episodes, or we're only covering the 83 weeks where Nitro beat Raw consecutively. But that's not the case. It's just it's my way of uh, you know I, I'm a hip hop fan. It to me that's my forgot about Dre. Mm-hmm. 83 weeks, dude. He he's the only guy who beat Vince McMahon not one time, but 83 consecutive times. And beating Vince McMahon 83 times is a big deal. But beating 80 uh, McMahon 83 times in a row. Is, is unbelievable. I mean, he's the first guy to ever get WCW to turn a profit. I mean, he's the guy who turned Hulk Hogan a ba- uh, into a bad guy. He created the NWO. Goldberg happened on his watch. There's so many of those innovations. And even guys like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and Ray Mysterio and Chris Jericho. would Vince McMahon have given them the opportunity had they not become a star somewhere else first? And a lot of people say, oh, the talent would always get there. And I'd like to think that, too. But at the same time, you look at who he was pushing at the time. I mean, if you weren't 270 pounds, you weren't making TV. Yeah. And those guys sort of cut their teeth with Eric. And I'm not saying that you know he's responsible for their success, but he did see something in them that others did not at that time. And that can't be disputed. And that's what I wanted to do with naming the show 83 Weeks.
0: Yeah, and I do 100% agree with you that Eric does get forgotten about the impact that he had on the industry today because nobody had pushed Vince McMahon like that in the history of wrestling, at least in the 80s or 90s like that. It was unbelievable. WCW was a southern wrestling company on TBS. And Eric took over and turned it into the number one wrestling promotion in the world for 83 straight weeks. And that's unbelievable. And I was speaking to a wrestler earlier this week, and we were talking about podcasts and stuff like that. And he said, now I love something to wrestle, but 83 weeks Conrad like puts on his like investigative journalism, hard hitting question guy. Cause sometimes Eric will drag his feet and I don't remember. I don't remember. And he'll contradict himself and you stick him, You really do stick them. And You I mean, you guys really have a great back and forth, and just as a podcaster and as a wrestling fan myself, it's just, how do you, I mean, 83 weeks and something wrestle, they are very different podcasts. How do you distinguish those two from each other when you're preparing to do them? Because you say you do them on the same day. That's a lot of brain work.
2: It is a lot of brain
0: work, but I've got my show prep done beforehand. You know, every night
2: after work, I'm working on show prep. So I'm watching shows, I'm taking notes, I'm copy-pasting things from newsletters, I'm, I'm, I'm control Fing biographies, mm-hmm. the whole deal. And so, you know, whenever we click record, I sort of have an idea. And I sort of view my role as a podcast host is I'm Scottie Pippen. They're Michael Jordan. I'm supposed to get the ball where it needs to be. They're supposed to score. So I, it's my responsibility to put Tony in the best opportunity to be funny or insightful. It's my It's my responsibility to make sure that Eric sort of tells the story from his perspective and not ask silly questions. And I mean, obviously some silly questions I'm putting in there on purpose for humor and that's really where Bruce Pritchard shines because Bruce can give you a little bit of the context of what was really happening, but, uh, but also some fun. And as you know, Jim Ross used to say, there's the steak and the sizzle and you get both with Bruce. And that's the reason I think Bruce's show has been the most successful of the three.
1: All right, Conrad, I'm, I'm going to pivot a little bit here. Because Eric Bischoff, I'm not sure you're aware, has a relative who actually covers our beloved Detroit Lions in Scott Bischoff. uh, Happens to be a good friend of mine. And we happen to pick up a couple of Bama boys on our defensive line. And I think we stole y'all's defensive line coach to come up and work for us. I mean, it's it's football season, Conrad. We're less than a month away from kickoff. How are you feeling about Bama, Nick Saban, and your chances
2: at a repeat? Well, I'm already working on a uh, show in uh, Atlanta over the SEC championship weekend Ooh. because I know that I know that I'm going to be there. And since Tony lives in Atlanta, I thought, well, this would be an opportunity for us to do a live show. And I made sure when I was booking my travel with Ron Funches that I would be flying out on the West coast and back in time so I could see Alabama win another national championship out there in San Jose. So I'm ready. Uh, Alabama's going to do what they always do. The tide's going to roll. They're going to go undefeated, and they're going to win the national title.
1: Well, Conrad, I'll tell you you this right now. If you and Eric ever get bored, I'd love to hear you and Scott Bischoff go for a little bit. I've heard that guy talk for a couple of hours. That's a podcast I would sit down and listen to. (laughs) Another Bischoff and Conrad connection. Uh, But first of all, your your travel planning is insane, as well as the rest of their schedule. And, uh, man... The StarCast schedule is no joke to bring things full circle, guys. It is on the website, StarCastWithTwoRs.com. And, I mean, we could go day by day here, Conrad, but is there one event that you're trying to make sure you have time to catch?
2: I'm not missing behind the themes. Uh, We're calling it Sean Mooney's Prime Time Presents, behind the themes with Jim Johnson but jim johnson is the guy who's responsible for a big portion of all of our childhoods if you're listening to this because he created all that iconic theme music that we grew up on you know my favorites are you know jake the snake roberts or the ultimate warrior and there's so many of those but as i got a little older i mean you knew when you heard the glass break that that was going to be a big show it was about to be a big moment and jim johnson sort of set the tone and tenor better than anybody He never does these appearances. He's no longer with WWE. He certainly didn't do this type of stuff when he was with WWE. He's never done anything like this. And as long as I had to work on him, he may never do it again. I have six months of work in recruiting this one event, and it's going to be the show stealer. I mean, he's bringing some instruments. He's going to take you through his creative process of how and why and when he came up with this, what the different directives were. And this is a guy who was there you got to remember you know from the early wrestlemanias all the way up until the last couple of years so you're saying 30 years worth of stories and uh, you know that he worked hand in hand with Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn and all the different superstars on on really character development because so much of what we associate with these characters is the music like When I think of the Ultimate Warrior, the music is is top three, one of the things I think of. Same with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Jake the Snake Roberts and on and on and on. And he was the guy who created all of that. And I just think that's fascinating. And who knows if we'll ever get to see anything like that again. So I'm really excited behind the themes. And you can actually watch this at fight.tv forward slash starcast. So even if you missed your chance at tickets, you can still snag them there.
0: Yeah. And uh, through midnight, August 10th, you can get. The weekend pass for seventy nine ninety nine and a twenty dollar credit towards Fight TV, and that's a great deal. And uh, Jim Johnson, I mean, one of the most influential, impactful people in the industry ever, and he just does not get the the mainstream notoriety or the notoriety he deserves behind the scene. Uh, what 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 should we expect from that uh, sit down with him? Just because, like you said, we. He does not do these type of appearances then, now, or ever. Like, this is like a feels like a first time deal. Like, what should we expect with Jim? You know, I think if you
2: want a good uh, sense, you could go listen to his episode that he did with Sean Mooney. Of course, he's been friends with Sean for a long time, and he did an appearance on Sean's podcast. And he talked to you a little bit about it, but this will be your first opportunity to see it in real life, but at the same time, get to ask questions and just the the interactive experience here to me is going to be second to none. I mean just an uh, he's like the wizard of oz for professional wrestling to me because we've always heard about this guy, and we've heard his music and we've seen, you know, what he can do, but we haven't really heard from him. So this will be a lot like meeting the wizard to me. Check it out.
1: Conrad Thompson, the man behind wrestling's biggest podcast, the man behind wrestling's biggest podcast event Starcast coming up. It is all in weekend, Labor Day weekend. We of course will be out there live and we will be out there bringing you all the best that we can. And if you can't catch us and you can't join it, catch it on Fight TV. 79 bucks through August 10th and you get a $20 Fight TV credit. It's basically 59 bucks. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Conrad, you, sir, are ridiculous with your schedule. We have kept you more than long enough. We really appreciate the time, sir, and we can't wait to see you StarCast weekend.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you allowing me to come on.
0: All right. Awesome. Well, thanks again to Conrad Thompson for joining us. Uh, he can interrupt our show anytime he wants. That was very cool. Very very cool.
1: We had a bunch of stuff that we, we still want to get to today with you guys, um, so hopefully you're still here after Conrad. Uh, wow. wow. He, again, I could talk to that guy all day.
0: Yeah, I, I could talk to that yeah. guy
1: all day, but I also know there are a lot of other people who want to talk to him all day. We don't want to monopolize the man's time.
0: And here's the thing. I don't think Conrad realizes how cool he is to wrestling fans like me, the deep, deep cut guys. Uh, yeah. Con, like, he's, like he was saying, Bruce Pritchard, uh Eric Bischoff has always maintained, I mean, he doesn't get the level of uh, notoriety that he should, but Bruce Pritchard and Tony Schiavone... Those guys were not heard of three or four years ago. I mean, Bruce was known as the guy who got fired by Stephanie McMahon for bringing a gun to WWE, and they did a goddamn podcast explaining that story why Bruce was fired. Just unbelievable. Conrad has added a level of entertainment to the wrestling industry that had never been seen before. And I'm not just kissing his ass because he's the Starcast organizer. I, 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 before Starcast was a thing, I was Friday night, Friday noon's main event was weekly happening from Ben Raven. So. Check out all of his podcasts. Something to wrestle. Something else to wrestle on the network. Eighty-three weeks. What happened when their Patreon shows and stay along versus Starcast. He's he, this dude's crazy.
1: He's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Conrad Thompson, one of the best in the business, and one of the nicest guys you'll ever have the chance to speak with. Uh, again, if you guys cannot make it out to Starcast weekend, we highly recommend buying the Fight TV package and get the presale now. Don't wait. Don't do like I do with every UFC pay-per-view that I eventually end up paying for and <laughs> wait till the last second to buy the damn thing. Order it now. The fight weekend pass, only 79 bucks until August 10th. All right. Let's get back into some of this WWE bullshit. I think
0: we were finishing up Brock talk. We're done, we're done with Brock. We're going to move done. on from fucking Brock we're now. Done.
1: Um, Alistair Black.
0: Oh, boy. Uh, the Dutch
1: destroyer. The uh, man of one move.
0: Well... You watch your I'm mouth. I'm just being a dick. I'm being wow. a dick. Well, like, well,
1: first of all, if you've listened to this podcast, it took me a minute to get over on Aleister Black. But you did. I did. I did. I get the character. I get the skill. I get what he's doing. And now he's got to get himself healthy. A torn groin at a Vegas house show has put Alistair Black on the shelf, and it puts his Brooklyn appearance in jeopardy.
0: Yeah, it's spoiler alert ahead if you're not all the way caught up. I don't know if they announced that match on NXT this week or not. I haven't seen the most recent episode, so if you haven't, cover your ears. The triple threat match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4, uh, triple threat Ciampa, Gargano, and Black might be in jeopardy on the black portion of that. Torn groin, you usually don't require from torn groin surgery in three weeks.
1: Right, the estimate is three weeks It's usually closer to five um, before you're all the way back. Uh, I I don't think Alistair Black is going to be back for Brooklyn. So if you're NXT, Ben, how do you fix this? I mean, you need to find a way to not have this just be a one-on-one traditional match. The triple threat already throws the DQs out the window, but you've done last would they did last man standing yeah. did they do that
0: i got a i got a prediction here and i think whether alister i think whether he's uh, able to compete or not i think he walks out to that match And maybe they put him on the shelf in that match. He gets hurt. Storyline in the match. They put him through the table early. Gargano and Ciampa do some DIY throwback action on him, which would pop the crowd. And then they beat the living shit out of each other. That way you can still give the fans what you advertised. You keep Alistair Black. Like, don't run. Just take these bumps and go to the back. Like,
1: Take the hits. We'll put you on a stretcher and wheel you back there.
0: And if you want an example of this, go look. SummerSlam 2000. Uh, Kurt Angle got real life or knocked out in that match and basically, yeah, whatever. It was a triple threat match that turned on to one-on-one because of a real-life injury. So. so
1: there we go. Uh, easy peasy lemon squeezy fix right there. A fix that is not going to be as easy and one that <laughs> Ben and I are likely going to fight about right here. Good. Um, there are, there nice. are two massive NXT tag teams. That have struggled since making the main roster, and both happen to currently reside on Monday Night
0: Raw. What the Ascension and uh,
1: just kidding and Brazongo? No, no, that is not who I'm referring to. Also, remember when the Ascension were NXT tag team champs? No. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Authors of Pain and FTR, the Revival.
0: Uh, mean, the, now, yeah, both, both guys. are,
1: both are Ben marks the fuck out for them tag teams.
0: They're old school throwback tag teams that add something new to WWE that they haven't had in years. They're tag teams. These are tag team guys. These aren't tag teams of people, oh, when are they going to break up and go on singles feuds? No, these are fucking tag teams through and through. The Revival is as old school tag team as it gets and you need that on your roster. It's so important. Those guys can have a solid match with anyone. They can sell. They can talk. AOP, those guys don't come around every once in a while. Blood Relatives beasts absolute beasts who have grown so quickly and adapted to the industry i saw them at nxt takeover toronto a couple of years ago against tm61 and they were greener than shit but still put on a show and to see how far they've come since then and to see them flop on the main roster is such a massive disappointment and i think we all expected ellering not to follow them on the road full time but i don't think we expected it to have this much of a dirty diarrhea effect. yeah
1: now, here is the problem for me, and this is something that you and I talked about before AOP went up, is that those big boys are bad in the ring, but they're bad on the mic. They, they, don't, they do not talk well, and, and it is not a shot at them personally. It's no. just delivering a wrestling promo is a different beast than doing just about any other sort of talking. You, you have to speak to someone without them being in front of you. You have to talk trash without really getting vulgar or personal. And you have to talk trash about a a character that isn't the person that you know. And while AOP seem to have a mean streak in the ring, they have yet to find that appropriate mean streak other than, we are big, we are angry, and we are going to crush you. We already got a guy doing that over on SmackDown, boys. Mm -hmm. You need a new angle. And I think part of what they should have been leaning on Is a lot of what they leaned on with Ellering is just feed us opponents, we'll destroy whoever, bring them to us. But then you actually have to do it. You have to actually put them
0: over. Yeah. And
1: And it doesn't seem like Vince is ready to do that until they're ready to work the mic better.
0: Let's get into our heated argument right now. All right, let's do it. Because let's I it. I will never say that mic work doesn't matter. Oh, my God, I agree with you that it's basically 50% of the industry. You need to be able to talk. But when you are blood relative monsters who like are real-life monsters who have a high-impact moveset like that and who got over – By not talking and murdering people, just keep doing that. I don't need to hear them cut a promo. I don't need to see them have 12-minute matches on Raw. I want to see them have three-minute matches on Raw, have some old white guy talk for them, and then they leave.
1: I understand. That's that's how they got over. Yeah. You do what got them over. I I get that. And that would work if Trips was booking the main roster. But he's not. And and it looks like Vince... And I'm going to point two things out to you, okay? One, currently the most over tag team on Monday Night Raw. The Revival. The B team.
0: Boo. Shut
1: up. They're the most over and you fucking know it. You fucking know it.
0: They're over because it's a gimmick. Because it's a good gimmick. Gimmick, gimmick, gimmick.
1: Yeah, but it's a good gimmick and it works.
0: I like both those guys in the ring.
1: And here's the thing. Those are two legacy guys. Now, they may not be blood relatives of one another. But they are blood relatives of something more important
0: oh, I, I agree. business. I agree.
1: Okay? But here's what I'm going to tell you because, and you know this, I am not a big The Revival guy. I'm not. I like them. I understand them. And I get them. But what they have done that is putting them directly into the tag team title picture, one, they talk Better than just about anyone else in the tag team division on that Monday Night Raw roster. Literally, outside of Titus O'Neal, they are the best mic workers. The B team are not great on the mic. They are fun with their gimmick. But when they have to talk organically, it's uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, when they're sidekicks.
1: Hardy and Wyatt, it's a shtick. Repeat the same phrases over and over. The Revival are doing actual work. The problem for the Revival, and I say this with love and respect to some extent, is they are not full-sized humans. (laughs) <laughs> you put them in the ring with the B team and the leaders of worlds and they looked very out of place. And I'm sure that's something that Vince sitting in gorilla looked at when those two jumped in the ring with the B team and the leaders of worlds. You could clearly tell that one of these things was not like the other. But do you know what made them belong, Ben? They held their own on the mic and then they were able to hold their own in the ring. Yeah. The other thing they do that authors of pain do not do yet. The revival works it on social media harder than just about anyone else. the The revival... The revival is working the entire angle. And in 2018, that's what you have to do because God bless you and God bless Conrad for that
0: matter. This
1: ain't the 80s anymore and it's not the 90s either.
0: You need some of that though.
1: You do. You need some of it, but you also need some of the other aspects that Authors of Pain haven't embraced yet. Mustafa Ali got himself over on 205 live by making incredible social media videos
0: now he's shirtless and even more over
1: he's so over mustafa ali is the most over Uh,
0: i love that guy i mean the revival the revival we'll stick let's stick on the revival the revival all right do you have a band that you saw live and they rocked the house and you had such a good time and you went home and you'd like listen to them for like 3 months straight and they became like your favorite band.
1: I understand that the revival after what you saw at Takeover Toronto.
0: I have been to a lot of wrestling shows. Yeah. I have spent a lot of time of my life watching wrestling. What the revival and DIY did in the ring that night at NXT Takeover Toronto cannot be taken lightly. Those those guys are not those guys were nowhere close to being household names. Those guys were not your nxt i mean chompa and gargano had their indie reputation but the revival were the revival they were an old school tag team that looked like the oldest guys in nxt but were doing it like they were freaking working like like jim carnett jim cornett was right in their freaking stuff like that's how old school they are they it just works they work because they are the only thing like themselves in wwe today and what they did that night will always support me because i'm just like okay they can do it with anyone. They can do it with anyone. They can do medium-risk moves, even though they're flips, no fists, and stuff like that. But I, 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 they, they are what I think of when I think of tag team wrestling. And the same can be said for AOP, because I grew up in the 90s. Big Monsters crush.
1: No, and I get that. I, I get, ben, I get it. I understand where you're coming from. But, again, I think what you're not taking into account is, look, Big Monster crush in the ring. Absolutely. Then you needed to get Ellering to come with them. Big monster crush in the ring. I get it. But also be a big monster crushing stuff on your social media page. On Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. The problem to me with AOP.
0: Carry yourself like an independent contractor. Thank you.
1: Because you are. That's how WWE is paying you. You're being treated like an independent contractor. Except you have an exclusive deal that pays you X amount of
0: dollars. Go, Zelina Vega. Get a manager that handles your social media. Find she something. is yeah. Almas' social media manager. Yep, And she's awesome at what she is doing.
1: Listen, even even better. Do you know what I think would be a great bit for AOP? Hire a James Ellsworth. <laughs> Not exactly James, but a nerd who runs saying, your yeah. social media. Who goes, um, guys? It's time for a Twitter update. No,
0: Mike Rome or whatever. No.
1: <laughs> And they never learn his name. They just call him boy or son or degrade him in every way possible, can, right?
0: Can that, what, human garbage disposal Jonathan Coachman does in WWE now?
1: I don't want to talk about Coachman. He's not on the fucking rundown. I don't want to talk about Coachman. I don't talk about
0: Coachman.
1: Now you've derailed me. We're not doing this anymore. I'm moving on. Now I'm angry. You've upset me. Um, all right. Things that, uh, things that are upsetting. Well, I, you know, We already talked StarCast with Conrad Thompson. That was on the rundown for today. Uh, If you guys want to rewind and listen to that again, I probably will. Um, Instead of listening to Ben jerk his dick off over Authors of Pain for five minutes. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. I let you do it. The wrestling
0: industry needs people like me.
1: (laughs) Said every guy with a Twitter account. You guys don't don't know what to like. I'll tell you. Listen to me. I'm Ben Raven.
0: I'll tell you what to like. I'll
1: tell you what's good wrestling and what's not. Motherfuckers.
0: Oh no, I'm From just Detroit. Stuttering. It's a gimmick.
1: Ah, I forgot to ask Conrad about ICP.
0: Yeah, I know. Damn I forgot it. about that too. Fuck. Damn we'll just it. have to have him on again.
1: Ah, I guess we'll have to. Or we'll have ICP on. Who knows? Hmm. We gotta drink some Fago. We need Fago at Starcast, by whoop, the way. Whoop. Yeah. Guys, yeah listen, Fago, get at us. Yeah, I'll reach
0: out to them. Yeah, if you want to come with us to Starcast and be all in, hit us up at the Court of Nerds. Oh, no. Sorry. cordofnerdspodcast
1: at gmail.com. cordofnerdspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to fuck with us for Starcast Weekend, we will make I what I'm going to consider a really cool announcement at the end of today's podcast, by the way. Cool announcement at the end of today's podcast.
0: Were you announcing that?
1: Yeah, I'm going to announce it. Why the fuck not?
0: Let me send you what I wrote up then.
1: Uh, well, I mean, it'll be officially announced tomorrow. That's so so uh. maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll, we'll hold on to this podcast for a day and put it out after that press release comes out. Yeah. yeah how's this? Look for the fucking press release. Yeah, we're just gonna, look at a fucking press release. We'll put this shit out today. Like adults and shit, adults and shit. No. Anyways, uh, where are
0: we going?
1: No, we're going to talk about All In. We're going to talk about the matches for All In right now. We talked about it a little bit with Conrad, how he's super hype for the NWA World Championship match, Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis. We only currently have three other confirmed matches. From what looks like it's going to end up being a five-hour card. So if
0: you already weren't watching Being the Lead every week, you better get on it, because that's where they're announcing matches.
1: Uh, and then, you know, but you've got... Let's talk about the three other matches, Ben. Please. Um, let's talk about one that we discussed a little bit with Conrad, the six-man tag yeah. that is going to be the Bucks and Coda, the Golden Elite, versus essentially what, I, what I'm going to call Lucha Elite. I mean, Rey Mysterio, Phoenix, and and Bandito, who was Nick Jackson's personal pick for All-In. It sounds like all the guys got kind of like one sweetheart pick to put in, like this is who I want. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like Cody's was MJF.
0: Which is fantastic. Which is
1: fantastic. Nick's was Bandito. I'm curious who Matt wanted for All-In.
0: I hope it was Joey Janela.
1: It It seems like Joey Janela would be the kind of guy Matt would be like, no, this is a dude we want to hitch our wagon to. But... I mean, you've got that match. I think that has a lot to do, and stop me if you, if you think I'm wrong here, with the Bucks wanting to work a Lucha-style match.
0: I, I'm not going to disagree with you I, I, because, I mean, these guys fit their style. I think, I think it's the opportunity of this is our show. I want to be in the ring with somebody that I won't have a lot of more opportunities to get in the ring with, and that's Rey Mysterio. The Young Bucks. We're going to see the Young Bucks in the ring on a main major, 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 major stage with Rey Mysterio. Oh, yeah. And we're going to see Rey Mysterio and Koto Ibushi. Like, this is going to be a do-something-crazy match.
1: Can I be honest with you? There is a small part of me that fully believes this match will open the show.
0: Oh, I hope it does. New Japan style, open with your crazy tag.
1: New Japan, open with crazy tag, and I think a lot of it has to do with that the Bucks want to be out there, and they talked about it in the video with, with uh, that they're doing on Cody's YouTube channel, the All In All Us, Yeah. about how there are a lot of matches on the card they want to be out there watching. Oh, yeah. Now, I can't help but believe Flip Gordon is going to somehow get involved in the NWA world title match. But I don't think we'll get a dirty finish.
0: We have, I, I, we have conspiracy theories galore. We have
1: many conspiracy theories about who will be in the Bernard, the business bear suit. Uh, maybe we'll get into some of those with our buddy Joey later on this week. We do a big podcast to get ready for SummerSlam. It'll be clobbering time. And look ahead to all... You're fucking nuts. Yeah, I think you're fucking insane. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, to everyone, I'll just put it out there. Anyone who thinks CM Punk is showing up at StarCast, I think you're all fucking nuts.
0: I think it's ha- if it's on. ever going to happen it's happening this weekend that uh, weekend.
1: Starcast All In of course. She Punk doing a signing at Pro Wrestling Tees. Is that the Friday before All In or is that the Saturday of All In? Either way it's sold the fuck out so don't worry about trying to get to it. Uh, let's get into some of these other All In matches though cuz I think you know clearly our pants are tented For the uh, Lucha Bucks match.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be just pure, unadulterated fun.
1: We've known about Rhodes and Aldis for months. They've kind of tried to toy with us that maybe we won't do it. No, we knew you were fucking doing it. I mean, nice try, but I appreciate it. It's going to be an old-school slobber knocker. I'm excited to see it. It's one I kind of wish that good old JR was on the broadcast team for.
0: Oh, yeah, Nick Aldis and people... for. People don't realize that Nick Aldis has been around the industry for a very long time. Uh, a very talented worker. This is going to be an old school, old school match. And uh, I just uh, like Conrad and I were gushing about the NWA World Heavyweight Championship is being defended. Not only at with Cody Rhodes going for it, but on a Cody Rhodes booked show like just uh, uh, the, the dusty influence and this Cody just carving his own path just he, uh, he he in the box and Cody Rhodes they have changed professional wrestling youtube channels social media promotion booking life post wwe life in your prime post wwe you can still make more money and do more things and just this Aldis and Rhodes match is the culmination of it and coming out of it we've got a built-in feud with Flip Gordon so that's going to be nuts
1: uh Marty squirrel and Okada.
0: Weird. Isn't he a light uh, light heavyweight? <laughs> He's a junior. A junior heavyweight. He was a junior. He
1: just competed, I believe, in Best of Super Juniors.
0: I just loved how that was Okada on being the elite this week. Wait, isn't that guy a junior heavyweight?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And So that's going to be an interesting match. I, I think we're going to see a lot of the chain wrestling that Marty is so well known for. And I think Okada is going to be a fun opponent. I think we'll get a lot more comedy elements in this match than people are expecting. I'll be honest with you. I think they're going to let Marty's personality work up against Okada's straight man. And I think you couldn't ask for a better straight man than Okada.
0: This is one of those matches that could steal the show.
1: It could. It it literally could. But another one that I think has more show-stopping, show-stealing potential is the bad boy... Arguably the runaway star of Dojo Pro on Amazon Prime was Joey Yeah, Joey Janela and Hangman Page. Hangman Page, whose star has risen so rapidly, Mm -hmm. featured Peace on ESPN, guy is getting all kinds of accolades. Even though he is getting his ass whooped for the most part in the G1, people are still calling it a win for him as he's having a relatively good showing, just not getting a lot of wins I think this could be one of those matches, depending on what the the stipulation, because I think this is going to be a stipulation match. I I would say I'm fairly confident we're going to get either a hardcore or a no DQ or a false count anywhere. We're going to get something. There is no fucking way Joey Janela and Hangman Page, who did a tax spot (laughs) with Punishment Martinez, there's no way these two guys are having a straight match. Especially with the angle of Adam Page becoming gradually more and more unhinged yeah. on being the elite. Something's going to break. Something's going to give. I think we could see another Joey added to this match, as in the ghost of Joey Ryan. <laughs> which would add a whole other, uh, well, to be blunt about it, a whole other dick wrinkle to this whole thing. That's right.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, and it's not that either of these guys needs a gimmick, but it just fits them so well.
1: It fits what they do. I mean, one of my observations from Dojo Pro was that when Joey Janela is in a strict one-on-one wrestling match, he's a shockingly safe worker. Yeah. Like, shockingly. Because, the you know, again, the MO on Joey Janela is he has a death wish, he's an insane person, he only gets over because he nearly dies all the time. And then you watch Dojo Pro, and he's sitting here. Man, his facial expressions are fucking great.
0: I agree.
1: I mean, Kenny Omega level great. And I I am not, I think, overselling that. His facial expressions in match, he never leaves character.
0: He's one of those guys you can tell has a special grasp for what he does.
1: He gets what he's doing, and he gets that it's not just the physical part. It's telling the story as well. Again, all these matches... I'm very, very, very excited for.
0: It's wrestling. It's a wrestling podcast. Let's speculate on a couple of potential other matches.
1: I don't even know who the fuck is on the card. What
0: do you think Kenny Omega's doing?
1: Uh, uh, Kenny Omega, Stephen Amell.
0: (laughs) No, please.
1: Look, man, fuck you. I told you. I can barely remember. I'm just joking. I know. The Bucks can barely remember who's booked for this fucking show Oh, I'm not
0: doubting you. I can't either. I'm going to thecourtofnerds.com to look at it real quick. Yeah,
1: I mean, the lineup for this thing is bonkers, and for some reason they keep adding people to it. Now, I love Conrad insisting that Cody says Flip (laughs) will not be all in.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, my boy's uh, best friends, Trent and uh, Sexy Chucky T, are on the card, and that's very exciting.
1: I think we could end up seeing those two against the Briscos.
0: Hell, yeah, give me that. That's fun as shit. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, I don't know what's up with Kenny Omega. I kind of was hoping, and this I'm not hating on anything at all, but I was kind of hoping to see Kenny Omega versus Okada because I'm a wrestling fan and I want to see that in the U.S. But whatever, they're on the same card. I don't know what the hell Kenny Omega's going to do. You're right. Who the hell is out there? Do you want to get wild? Yeah, let's get wild. Let's
1: get fucking wild. Chris Jericho is being booked at this show. And yeah, Chris Jericho, we're going to get Jericho Omega round two at All-In. Yeah. There's, in my mind, Maybe. there is almost no way Chris Jericho is not on this show. Given how involved the Bucks are with the crews of Jericho, given how involved Bullet Club is with the crews of Jericho.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't see a way that Chris Jericho is not on this card in some way, shape, or form. Whether he's the special guest referee for the NWA World Title match, whether Chris Jericho and Omega are going to have a match, I don't know. Then there's also, as we mentioned, what the hell are you doing with Steven Amell?
0: Yeah. J- what are you going to do yeah. with
1: SCU, who you announced as booked?
0: SCU, Jay Lethal. Hey, Hel- and
1: um, uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me in California? What are you doing with all the women you booked?
0: Well, I don't blame them for that yet, just because there's been but some. But I do. I'm no, going to say that. I there's do. been some uproar. With there's, that. Been
1: some, there's been some shuffling, but all I've really uh, remembered seeing what Perazzo got pulled from the card. Huge name. Uh, I think Chelsea Green is still technically on the card.
0: Uh, it seems like it's up in the air. But as far as the, I
1: know, all of the people who are in the May Young Classic are still allowed to compete at All In. This is
0: independent wrestling. This stuff's going to happen. They're not the big dogs Like you know, if, they can, if these people can get a WWE contract, they're going to get a WWE contract, and that's not downplaying all in. This is a one-night huge deal, and it will help them greatly, but a WWE contract is a WWE contract. Agreed. So I don't blame them at all for that, because there's only four matches announced, and there's so many other people booked. I mean, Kenny Omega doesn't have a match yet. Right, so. well, and
1: I, know, and I know Cody hinted on his own YouTube channel that he would love to never actually announce a card he would love to do it where they don't announce anything going into it but I, I don't know that that flies in this you know this day and age
0: i wish they would if they were going to do that i wish they would have announced the main event and then just gone with it
1: and then just gone with that here's the main event fuck you on everything else yeah but what if the main event and i think you and i agree it will be the main event at the end of the night the main event is cody rhodes and nick aldis i don't think so i i think it is
0: i think kenny omega is the main event
1: if it's Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho, that's the main event. If think, it is Kenny Omega Chris Jericho, that is the main event.
0: Yeah, you're right. I, just because it's like it's not, yeah. I don't know. I th- I think Kenny Omega is the main event, and I will stand on that regardless of who he's facing.
1: Regardless of who he's facing, Kenny Omega is your main event. Yes. Even if we just end up getting like Kenny Omega and a last second flip Gordon. No. Okay, see? That, but that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. That's where I'm at with this card. All right, because yeah. you don't know I'm not sure then. Who's left for Kenny to fight.
0: Yeah, because I kinda my early predictions was Golden Lovers versus the Young Bucks, and I thought that would have been a great main event. Or it could have been the Bucks and Cody versus Kenny and Coda and somebody else. But whatever. There's still so much to be booked. I mean, it's hard to like you said, MJF is out there, Joey Janela's out there, SEU's out there, Steven O'Mell's out there, Kenny Omega's out there. Um, we've got more, right? Jeez.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the crazy thing. <clears throat> so, uh, well, oh, God, Jay Lethal is still booked on Yeah, this that's show. the name
0: I cup. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, if you do a strap for strap, Jay Lethal and Kenny, but Jay's never wrestled in New Japan. Yeah, you're right. You've, I think ACH is still booked on this show?
0: Yeah, oh my God, you're right. Like, yeah.
1: I, what the fuck? <laughs>
0: mjf doesn't have his match yet yeah there's a lot of matches to be booked and i
1: understand what cody and the bucks are doing you don't want to blow your load and give everything away yeah but i you gotta i'm hoping they actually do have the card booked and a lot of the stuff we've seen on social media lately has been you know facetious and they're they're having fun with it but man it seems to me that like there's parts of this that they're like Shit, we ordered ring gear. We ordered ring attire. We ordered uh, skirts for the ring. We ordered lighting. We put together a kick ass broadcast team. Oh, shit, we forgot to actually set a card.
0: <laughs> and uh, I don't blame them for that because that's a very old school take on it. Get the guys on the card, figure the rest out from there.
1: Right. And that was kind of Cody in the first of those All Us videos saying, I'm not worried about Ray. Ray Mysterio always shows up, right? Don't worry about it. Ray will <laughs> be there. Ray will fly himself. But, again, all-in StarCast weekend coming up, Labor Day weekend. It is also, as, you know, Ben, we've mentioned a few times, it is my birthday weekend, 33 on the 3rd. Really excited to be spending my birthday weekend with my boys and with some of the biggest names in wrestling. If you guys are interested in being a part of all-in weekend of StarCast with us, shoot us an email, courtofnerdspodcast at gmail.com. Keep your eyes out. We do have a really big, really fun announcement coming up in the next couple of days here as well. We're just working on finalizing something with a new partner for our StarCast appearance. Something very, very cool we'll be bringing with us to the show.
0: Very cool. And uh, while we're on the topic of All In, uh, earlier this, I missed this, on Wrestling Observer Radio with Dave Meltzer, Kenny Omega revealed that he was removed from his original All In match that was discussed with everyone.
1: That's what I'm saying. It seems like this is getting a little sloppy, guys.
0: Uh no, no. I don't I don't I I disagree with that 100%.
1: You think it's K-Fab, you think he's Yeah, he's- they're booking oh, yeah. a
0: wrestling show. Okay, they're not right. they're booking right. a wrestling show. Get the guys on the card, figure the rest out from there. It's you know, they're not like planning a show like this or anything like I mean, it's Ben's they, old
1: school and I have anxiety. That's they get how this guy. I, I got anxiety
0: too. You get the guys on the card and then you figure it out from there. You know, I mean, things go. Bandito needed to be on this card because he's been absolutely tearing it up lately and creating a name for himself. So I completely get why Bandito needed to be on this card. And because the original thought was, according to Wrestling Observer Radio, was that it was going to be the Bucks and Omega versus Phoenix and Pentagon with Ray. So that's been kind of taken out and that would have been crazy. So we have no idea what's going on with Kenny Omega. So... That's the most exciting of the. I think that's part of the freaking gimmick to all in. We don't know what's gonna happen. I don't think it's sloppy at all. I think it's calculated. I think it's genius. I think getting the guys on the card first should be your top priority. Figuring out the card should be your last. Fair enough. You fucker. Wow. (laughs) Wow. We're we're too nice to each other. Fuck you.
1: Fucking hurtful.
0: It's easier to be mean at Austin. Your bullshit, Bruce. Hey, fuck you. That's hurtful. Fuck you. Full Tad. Fuck you, Austin. What the hell? No, I'm just messing around. Uh, we were too nice to each other. What do you want to see Kenny do? Do you want to see Kenny and Stephen Amell? It wasn't the end of, the the end of it. Song. It is the end of it now. <laughs> it's more better when it's organic like that. We're too nice to each other. Fuck you.